sound, sound waves that hit us, will always trigger a reaction. A pleasant sound attracts our attention. A harsh sound pushes us away. And this is just because of the way our brains are wired. But in some respects, sound is amplified when there's another level of connection and meaning behind it. Good example is this. So years ago, when I was a lot younger, I was into scuba diving a lot. And so once we were in, in, uh, out, out on the boat and, and we wanted to put a lot of dives in, so the guy with the boat had this big speaker he put into the water. And so if you're not paying attention to how much time or your depth or whatever it might be, you'd hear. So he sort of governed us that way. And so people were swimming around having a great time underwater. And then you'd hear this big honk. This big sound came booming out. And underwater, a sound, you can't tell the direction. It's like all around you. It envelops you. All right? It's time to go up. Go up. Have a break. Get ready for the next dive. And yet the third dive. Well, the third dive, you know, heard the sound like an alarm clock and whatnot. But the third dive, he did something very different. What he decided to do was to play a little music. And so as we're swimming right along, having a great time over the coral reef there in Hawaii, suddenly we hear this and it was the theme song to Jaws. The movie had just come out a month earlier. And you have never seen so many scuba divers like like the Asian carp there in the Mississippi, jumping out of the water to land on the boat. People were furious. They were so angry. Why did you traumatize us? And people were really, really feeling it. Because the theme song of Jaws, like, here we go. We're going to be somebody's lunch. And again, you got to figure, it just came out, so this was the big thing. Funny, very funny. He said, all I did was play the speaker. But no, the sound is also attached to something else. And it wasn't just a random sound. It was the sound of the lunch bell of Jaws coming for you. It had different meaning because it was also said in a different context. Very much when we speak to one another and our sound wise and how we talk to one another, it's somewhat neutral. I mean, we, we, you've got a loud voice, you've got a, a soft voice, you're, you're high, you're low, whatever it might be. But once we move in to the idea of relationships or being in relationships with one another, our voices now carry new meaning, deeper meaning. You know, when a child hears their mother's voice, when somebody you haven't seen for a long time that you really love and care for, and you hear their voice after long, long months or years of absence. You hear their words, but it's much more. It triggers a relationship. And conversely, on the other side, it works the same way. Somebody that you cannot stand. You cannot stand at all. And as soon as they start talking, oh, you cringe. Because you have no regard for them. And their voice triggers the relationship. This beautiful text in John, this part and the one before it too, talks about how Jesus 
the sheep know the voice of Jesus. What this means is they understand the voice in the context of the relationship the sheep have with the shepherd. And indeed, John takes great pains to talk about this relationship of the shepherd with the sheep, contrasting it, of course, with the hired person, the hired man who basically is out there to take care of the sheep. My job is to make sure nothing happens to the sheep. To a point. Because if things really go south and things get really tough, there is a line in which the hired person says, uh-uh, these are not my sheep and I'm not going to get in trouble for them. I will take care of them to a point that it doesn't endanger me. There's no skin in this relationship. I am simply hired to take care of them. Once the threat gets higher than that relationship, I'm out of here. Because there is no depth in the relationship. The sheep do not follow the voice of a stranger. They follow the voice of one who knows them. And this is the next point that very much you hear in this language, that Jesus says the shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep know the shepherd as, just as, the Father knows the Son, and the Son knows the Father. Now, this is really important for John. It's not simply, I know the shepherd because we're familiar, but because of the depth of the commitment the shepherd has with me, the sheep. And I know that, and I trust it to be true. For it is the same kind of relationship that Jesus has with the Father and the Father with Jesus. In the Bible, whenever you hear the word know, a lot of times, it's not just an intellectual, oh, I know who you are like we passed in the night, but to know also means to love. And therefore, when Jesus says, I know mine and mine know me, he is speaking about a love relationship, a profound relationship that is connected, that will never be broken, even with the dangers present among us. A shepherd never abandons his sheep. A lover never abandons those they love. Jesus is also very clear that this is not an obligation he takes on because he's supposed to love us. I always like that line. Oh, you're supposed to love us, you're in church. No. Love is never a compulsion. It's not, it, we're never forced to love. Love can only exist in freedom. I choose to love. I don't have to love. If you have to love, it's not love. It's an obligation. But don't call it love. There's duties in love. That's another uh, context. And Jesus is really clear about this in John's Gospel. I have the choice to lay down my life. I lay it down freely. And I lift it. Why? Because Jesus trusts the relationship he has with the Father. That no matter what happens... That relationship will change everything forever. It is the love that ultimately transforms, that saves, that redeems. And this is the heart of the Christian life. This understanding of this relationship. And a lot of times, sometimes we can be more like the hired hands in our religion. Well, I'm going to do this and do this. 
unless it costs me a little bit. Uh, no, 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 I'm out of here. Or we can do it in a kind of transactional way where it's not in a relationship. But I know as Catholics, this is hard because we're not used to talking about a relationship with Jesus. And yet, in fact, that is the heart of why we gather. It is because of Jesus and the love of Jesus and our recognition of that love that brings us together. The, the rules, the laws, and whatnot, we get lost in our politics, we get lost in our programming, we get lost in our structures of church. But if there's no relationship with Jesus, it all can be thrown out. I know mine, and mine know me. And I will hold on to them for the end of time. What a message. And the second reading from 1 John comes really clear. We are God's children. We belong to God because of the initiative of God to love us and to hold us. Brothers and sisters, let us understand our walk with the Lord is a relationship with a lover who will never, ever abandon us. And as we live out this relationship with Jesus, watch the world around us change accordingly.